so good. I love being in the house. Come on, church. I love seeing everyone here. Um, what I, it's, it's so interesting. You know, I'm an emotional guy, so I get so overwhelmed. Like, I see my friend Joe. Oh, my gosh. Joe's back in the house. My heart, bro, come on now. He's not working. He's like, Joe, I miss you. We're hanging out this week. I didn't ask him. I told him. Like, I, uh, I just want you to know that Emily and I genuinely love you guys. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just feeling overwhelmed with this. Thanks for just being here. That's, that's, that's what's on my heart. Just thanks for being here. Uh, so we're in our series, Lost, week number two. Uh, and last week it was a really, really interesting one. We were talking about how God's commands uh, have been lost. And sometimes the church has a hard time either finding, remembering, or even sometimes discovering and knowing the commands that are given to you and me. And so we're going to talk about these for the next few weeks. We have a couple things that we want to go over that we find that are commands within the Word of God that I know are going to change your life. Can I give you a warning, though, that these next eight weeks, yeah, well, it's a long series. Oh, someone say, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up. For these next eight weeks, this is probably going to be one of the most challenging series of the year. I will give you this preface. If you take, if you take what is spoken today, and you read the word of God, you take in what is spoken today, and you live it out. Not just be hearers, but be doers of the word. I promise you that it is going to be hard, but I promise you it is going to produce greater fruit than you could ever imagine. And I want to live a fruitful life. Anyone with me, church? I want to live a life that looks like him, amen? And so I'm telling you that these next few weeks are going to be tough. You have a choice, and I'll, I'll even give this preface because I think that this week is one of the toughest weeks. And then we're hearing from Brother Judd next week, and Judd's got a doozy. Yeah. Judd's got the doozy, all right? Judd, where are you? <laughs> this week is on forgiveness. You thought of someone within three seconds, did you not? So today, you have an option. You can completely check out. Ignore these words, not participate, forget some things, not take the challenge. Or I'm going to say it this boldly, you can find life today. You can find life today. It's totally up to you. And today you have an option. There's roots, I'm telling you, there's roots that are decades old. Decades. It blocks a lot of things. I'll tell you, I was reading, I was reading the word and I found... Uh, uh, a perspective on forgiveness that I've never realized. So today you have an option. You can ignore it, go halfway, or you can go deep and really find life. Does anyone want that church? Come on now. It's a challenge. Here we go. So have we lost our way as we lost his commands? That's I think those two are tied together. As we follow him, we follow his commands. And actually his commands keep us on course. They keep us knowing where we're going. How can we follow without listening and obeying? My sheep, they listen to my voice. I have a hard time being a sheep, man, but I know I am. I think I'm a lion. Anyway, or a gorilla. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm weird. My sheep listen to my voice. 
I know them and they follow me. So listen and obey. I give them eternal life. As we listen and as, as we obey, we find eternal life. Do y'all see it, church? As we listen and obey, we find eternal life and shall never perish. Through listening and obeying Christ, we actually, not only do we find life, but I was researching the scriptures and we actually show our love for him. I said it, I said it a little bit ago, but, but obedience is his love language, okay? Look at this. This is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands, someone say, they are not burdensome. Judd was the only. They are not burdensome. That's right, they're not. This is love for God. I, love for me looks like words of affirmation. You tell me I'm dope and I'm like, oh my gosh. This is how he feels and receives love. Obedience. Obedience to his commands. And we hear that word command and we don't like it because we think that we're put in a box and we think that he's just ruling and reigning over us and that makes us really uncomfortable. I'm my own boss. That's what we think and that's what we feel inside. And so we hear this word commands, and we get a little bit like, mm, I don't like that. Am I the only one? I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like being told what to do. My mom raised me not to do what I was told, right? Be your own boss. His commands, though, they're not burdensome. That's the truth, church. They actually, his commands are not burdensome. They actually give you and me life. When you listen to his word and you obey, it actually leads you to life. If you're sheep and you follow him, he'll lead you to pasture where you can eat. He'll take you to the streams where you can drink. He cares for you and leads you to life. I promise you he is a good God. Amen. And if, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. I read that before and I was like, this is kind of tricky. Let me, under, let me give you some understanding of this. As you obey him, your love for him grows. And sometimes we feel distant and sometimes we feel like, nah, don't care about him. Can I tell you why? Probably because we're not being obedient. We kind of wander away. We go astray because we don't listen. But as we listen and obey, our love for him expands and grows. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big challenge because that dude was perfect. I'm here to tell you today and to give you comfort that it is a process. And God has so much grace for this journey. Can we praise God for grace? Seriously. Seriously. He has grace through the journey but we're going to learn to listen to his voice. Amen, church? We're going to find his commands for you and for me. Jesus, he shared these commands, these directions. And someone say virtue. He shared these virtues with us. He said so many things to us. Commands that are not burdensome, but commands that actually give us life. And we need to find them so that we can live like him. Because there's a lot of stuff in this word where it's a direction, a command, a virtue that is established, a standard for us to live that brings us life, and we either forget about it, we haven't read it, or we ignore it. We ignore it because it's too hard and uncomfortable and we don't like it. I'm here to tell you today that following these commands is going to give you life. So today we're talking about forgiveness. Someone say, oh boy, oh boy. Does everyone have a card on their chair? Everyone have a card on their chair? Did you guys get your cards? Yep, yep, get your cards, get your cards. We're going to do something interesting at the end of service. Good luck. It's going to be good. Today we're going to practice forgiveness. 
And I'm going to give you an opportunity to actually walk it out and lay it down. You already know the person. You've already thought about them. You already know what's going on in your heart. Just so you know, I'm up here and I get to see you guys. I already see it moving. Look at this command given to you and me. Ephesians 4 says it like this. Be kind and compassionate to one another. That doesn't mean, ah, when you feel like it. That doesn't mean, ah, you know, it's a good suggestion. No, you be kind, you be compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. As in Christ, God forgave you. Does that sound like an option, church? No. No. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. And you might be sitting here saying, I don't want to. They don't deserve it. They hurt me. I could never do it. It's been years of baggage. I don't want to ever see them ever again. I don't want to ever talk to them ever again. Honestly, if they weren't here ever, I'd be okay with it. Seriously, it gets that real and that deep. You ever get hurt so bad that you wish harm upon someone? I'm not the only one. Come on, don't let me feel like I'm the only one here, church. When you get hurt that bad, Forgiveness is a command, and here's why we have to do it. Forgiveness is a command for you and for me that brings healing to our heart. That's what's tricky about this forgiveness thing is it actually helps and edifies you. I know that you want to um, hold on to this, that it feels natural to just keep this grip on it because they deserve it. But actually what's happening in your life is you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself. I was, um, I went to Bible college, and uh, <laughs> they, they noticed that I was a little wild, so they brought me into counseling, and, uh, you know, my family, we weren't raised in a, uh, you know, we went to church in a Presbyterian church once a year, maybe. We didn't really have our eyes fixed on Jesus, didn't really pray, and, uh, I was younger, and uh, you know what's crazy about forgiveness? Can I tell you, before I start this story, can I tell you something? That we have to offer grace and understand people's place in their life. Like when you are, are in yourself, it's hard to understand what someone else is going through. And, and I, I, when I was young, my brother was having a hard time with my dad. Same mom, different dad. And... Uh, Like split homes are really difficult. Because I didn't realize that my brother had no one. He was missing his dad. Dads are the most important. Oh my goodness. Dads in the home. Men, you got to be men. You have to be men. Yeah. Stay men. So he didn't have his father to lead him. To show him the way. He had a stepfather, and my dad tried everything that, that he could do. And it was it hit a lot of dysfunctional points. And uh, I understand my mom's heart because, um, because uh, my brother was alone. So it often felt like she defended him, and she shouldn't. It was hard. And then my dad and my brother were conflicted. 
that I felt ignored, insecure, and scared every day. And uh, I was 12 and very angry. 11, 10, 11, 12, just very angry, and I never wanted to see my brother ever again. My blood, my brother. All the trash that was done in our home, all the chaos that was produced, I felt bad for my dad, so I often took my dad's side. Again, split home nature. It's hard to navigate. And I felt that my dad was double teamed, so I would take his side, and it was, it was divisive. The enemy had a grip on our home, for sure. Can I say something real, church? Can I say something real? for a season. I did. And in that hate, I forgot about all the fun times, him teaching me soccer. This one time he pushed me on a sled down the hill, I hit my head off a car. I don't know why that was fun. I forgot about how he would wrestle me and teach me. This one time someone gave me a bad Pokemon card trade and he went and pretty much bought the kid, got my card back. I forgot all about that because all I could fixate on was the chaos that was around me. Oh, and I hoped that he would go off somewhere and never come back. That didn't hurt him, that only killed me. Do you know that? So I, uh, back when I was 19, still immature. When you're 19, you say stupid things. And I said to my parents, you guys messed me up. No, they did everything that they possibly could in a chaotic situation and in a chaotic connected home to love as best as they could, and they gave everything to me. I was too young and immature to realize it, and to be honest, with that unforgiveness in my heart, of course, I would say damaging things to my family. And it was through time and serious prayer on forgiveness towards my brother that I'm able to actually look at that situation outside of my own feelings and able to look on it with love and understanding and empathy and compassion. My brother didn't have his dad. So we got to forgive brought restoration. I was hanging out with my brother this week. He's talking to me. He gave me baseball gloves so I could keep pouring. He cares for my son. And I hated him at one point. Really? Am I the only one, church? So, I don't know how to do it all the time. I'm not perfect at it. I still get angry. I still get hurt by people. I don't do it perfect all the time. But here's the question for us. What is forgiveness? I think we all know the answer. I think we do. But really, do you? <laughs> That's one of those trick questions when you're in school where it's like the answer seems obvious, but no one raises their hand because they don't want to get it wrong. So what is forgiveness? Let's look at the command direction and the virtue that's given. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Can I give you the, the Greek word for this word right here? It's charisme. And it's to give. Someone say to give. <sighs> Has anyone ever hurt you? The last thing that you want to do is be generous towards. 
to give something to someone, often in a manner that no reciprocation is in view. What? Do you know what that means? That my family can keep hurting me over and over and over and over again, and I give it with no reciprocation desire. Let's put it on the big scheme of things. Just as Christ gave you, forgave you, what could we possibly give him? Can I tell you something? I, I didn't intend on saying this. You guys mind if I preach a little bit long today? Is that okay? I don't want to do a crazy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach real quick. You know what happens when you enter into a covenant with someone? It's a very old term, I know, I know. But what would happen is... Uh, you would, you would perform these sacrifices and these rituals. You would walk in like in an affinity loop and you would be joined with someone. You would see it be done in the Bible with friends or even in marriage. And what would happen with the covenant is there is an exchange. Someone say exchange. In other words, what you bring to the table is what that person has. And what that person has and what they bring to the table is what you have. Do you know the greatest exchange ever was a robe of majesty and righteousness given for us. And what was the exchange that we gave them? Sin. And brokenness. What could we reciprocate in that covenant that we live under now? Nothing. It was the most generous gift ever given, his son. With no reciprocation in view. It says in the scripture that he's patient, not as we understand patience, but he wants all to come to him. And he died knowing that some people wouldn't and would do it a billion times over. With no reciprocation in view. Harizome. Doesn't that sound easy? No. <laughs> Judd said, yeah. <laughs> Luke 6. This is Jesus. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Just so you know, these are different words. This word is apoyo. Sounds like a, too late to apologize. Sounds like apologize. Apoyo. Listen. Sorry, I'm weird. Again, I'm all over the place. To give permission for an action or not taking a misdeed into account. So you give without reciprocation and you no longer take that misdeed into account as you walk into their presence. So someone at work treats you really poorly, you don't go in and shun them and ignore them. You offer forgiveness. Actually, you bless them. That's what it says in the Word of God. <laughs> Crazy. Not taking a misdeed into account. Notice that both of those words started with to give. Both of those definitions start with to give. This is going to be an action on your end. It is not about you receiving. It is totally on your end and your choice to give to someone. Do we want to give anything to those who have wronged us? My answer is no. But I know that this command leads to life. Church, I promise you today that it's going to lead life and lead to life for you as well. If you can seriously dig deep and allow yourself, allow yourself to give without reciprocation in view, and not taking misdeeds into account. Ooh. That's really hard. So I wanted to share a, a story with you. Get your Bibles out. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You can get your Bibles out. We're going to Matthew chapter 9. I'm actually studying Matthew this month, so that's why we're in Matthew a ton. 
Matthew chapter 9. Go ahead, Matthew chapter 9. To preface this, we witness the power of forgiveness for a man who is paralyzed. Wait. That's interesting. We witness the power of forgiveness towards a man who is paralyzed. Let me ask you something. If you are paralyzed, what's the first thing on your mind? Healing? Getting my my back and my body better? Right? Look at what Jesus does. And I got a, I got a point in saying all of this because we're going to find something that's vital for you and me in the church that we're missing out on. And I think, I think, like I said, whenever forgiveness leads to life, if we miss out on this, we will not find the healing that God promised us. So we're going to touch on some things. Jesus stepped into a boat. Matthew chapter 9, this is uh, verse 1. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic uh, lying on a mat. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. You see my condition. I don't need that forgiveness thing. I need my back better. I need to be able to walk. I need to be able to move around so I can get a job and, and, and do what I need to do. Seriously, that would be his concern. In this time and era, back then, whenever you had an ailment like this, you were cast off. Good luck. You would basically only be living by the generosity of those around you, hopefully. So he's like desperate. I need, I need to get this healing. And Jesus says to him first, someone say first, forgiveness. Isn't that interesting? You know what's going on. He addressed the matter of the heart before the apparent physical conditions, church. He addressed, you can put this up there. He addressed the matter of the heart before the apparent physical conditions. This is what he was concerned with for the man. Hey, I see everything that's going on. Your friends, they brought you into my presence. We're going to do some work here. But first, I'm going to offer you forgiveness for walking and taking a step of faith. Hmm. Not what I would want to receive right away. I need this fixed. But that's so interesting. God is onto something. Christ is, is doing something that we need to seriously take note of. He addresses a matter of the heart before the apparent physical conditions. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to him, this fellow is blaspheming. In other words, they're claiming that Jesus is calling himself God, which they didn't realize it, but he is. <laughs> they, were, they were right. Yeah, he is, he is God, okay? He's king. So they make this accusation. He's blaspheming. He can't offer forgiveness. He can't make people right. No way. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said this. Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your... Oh, that's a whole different sermon for a different day. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll leave that there, okay? Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Jesus. Okay, what is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Someone say forgiven. Or to say get up and walk. Someone say healing. What's easier to say, sins are forgiven or get up and walk? Can I tell you something, church? When you read the Bible over and over and over again, there's this pattern. Did you know that healing and forgiveness are tied together? Healing and forgiveness are tied together. And maybe with this lost command to forgive, maybe we're missing the healing because we've held on to unforgiveness. God wants to work in your body. I'm going to say it. I, I'm just going to say it. 
ailments might be going on inside of us, our physical body and our mind, because we are holding on to unforgiveness and not letting it go. I'm being serious. I believe, according to the word here, that forgiveness, forgiveness leads to healing, not the other way around. Did y'all catch that? I'm convinced that forgiveness leads to healing, not the other way around. It's not the healing person that, woo, I'm forgiven. No, forgiveness brings the healing, not the other way around. Mm. So some of us got some stuff going on. We've been wrestling with, uh, just saying it, maybe we've been wrestling with depression for years and years and years and years, and we can't get through it. Can I tell you, you might have a block of unforgiveness. And this isn't a self, this isn't a self-help like conversation. This is just leaning on the word of God, taking note and doing what he tells us to do, knowing and seeing the results and the fruit of it. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. Don't forget, this is like a green detail thing. If you do the core code, this is a green detail thing. He forgave before he healed. He gave forgiveness before he performed the miracle. Please, you can put this up here. He gave forgiveness before he performed the miracle in this man. Son, your sins are forgiven. Look at the flow. He didn't heal and then say forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. Because forgiveness leads to healing. God's good. I think that we're tapping into something here. So he said to the paralyzed man, now is when the healing comes up. Get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. And they praised God who had given such authority to man. Church, ultimately what we can learn from this is that forgiveness leads to healing. Both internally and externally. But Nick, see I always like playing like the the adversary with myself, right? So you could be sitting here saying, but Nick, that was Jesus offering forgiveness. So he, his forgiveness heals us, but that doesn't give me evidence that it, it heals me too. Did you know, did you know that the forgiveness did not just heal us, it actually blessed Jesus to forgive as well? It actually did good in his heart. It actually blessed him to forgive. It gave him joy to offer forgiveness. And what is that joy, church? What was he blessed by? Well, let's jump into the scripture. John 3.16, y'all know it. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. There's that action again. And he gave without reciprocation intended. And he holds no misdeed into account. He gave his son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's how it blessed him, knowing that he's going to be with you or he at least gives you the opportunity to be with him. And so what blessed him even further? Look at this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son. This forgiveness actually blessed him. It restored, I I wanted to say this with you guys. That's Colossians 1.13. Forgiveness, you can put this up here. Forgiveness brought restoration to our relationship with him. It healed things in his relationship with us. We're not the only recipients of this healing. No, it did. It blessed God too. Isn't that crazy? It blessed him too. The God who has everything and is is almighty and all powerful was pleased and overjoyed and brought brought to just overwhelming love as he forgave. 
Forgiveness brought restoration to our relationship. Can I show you something? This is in Proverbs 17. I love Proverbs. Love prospers when a fault is what? Forgiven. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. But dwelling on it separates close friends. So love, love came and overwhelmed the world when Jesus died and, and, and rose again on the cross um, and, and rose again from the grave. And he forgave a fault and love prospered there. But before that moment, our sins weren't forgiven. And God, when he looked at mankind, unless you did a cleaning ritual and, and an offering and made yourself right for a minute, there was this thing called sin in our life. And God, all that he could see is that, whoa, this is dirty and unclean, and I am holy and perfect. And so it actually separated us from him. And then love came in. And it was forgiven. And it separates close friends. Church, do you know that you're called friend? Do you know that you're called friend of Jesus? Isn't this crazy? Luke 7, 34. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. So he's giving some context as to what Jesus came and did. And people didn't like what he was doing because he was not obeying the traditions set by man. And Jesus would eat with people and spend time with people who were unclean and not right. And look at what he says. Here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend. Someone say a friend. So love came in and brought us close together again. Amen, church. A friend of tax collectors and sinners like me. So through forgiveness, we're no longer separated. We're no longer separated through the love of Christ. His love brought about forgiveness for our sins. And now we are close together and in relationship together and he calls you friend he calls you friend that's what this love did brought about forgiveness for you and for me and now we can draw close yet again and that blessed him and if I can show you more evidence that forgiveness leads to healing this is Isaiah 53 Isaiah in Australia Australia Isaiah 53 What's it say, church? But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. So it's talking all about forgiveness. And then what? By his wounds we are healed. Do you all see this? I feel like I was reading this week. I was like, no way. No way. Forgiveness leads to healing. Forgiveness leads to healing. And let's look at it the other way. Unforgiveness will block that healing. Eternal healing came through the greatest act of forgiveness, church. Healing is what followed. Healing in any condition comes from a place of forgiveness. I'm going to say it that forward. Healing in any condition comes from a place of, or from a place of forgiveness. Sometimes, uh, a circumstance and there was someone who went to um, went to the hospital a little bit ago and they can't find any issues going on as to why some problems are happening. And I look at that and I'm like, God needs to do something, not a physical doctor. And sometimes we go to the, the real doctor all the time. And I'm not saying ignore that. I'm absolutely, yeah, these people are equipped and empowered and anointed to take care of people. 
but we forget about the dude who offers real healing. And the forgiveness leads to that. And so again, we were talking all about Jesus, and, and I got to go through some things. And like I said, we got an activity, something, something fun to do. Fun. <laughs> got something challenging to do after this. But why, why then should we offer forgiveness? Any amount of forgiveness. Why should we forgive anyone who hurt us? You don't know what they did. They stole from me and my family. <laughs> my mom and dad were just starting their business, and that person used my parents and stole from me. Why would I ever forgive them? That person used and abused me when I was small. They did inappropriate things to me. You're telling me I should forgive them? said some incorrect things up on stage. I should forgive that pastor who misused my time, treated me like crap. That's supposed to be a man of God, fake. I should forgive him? Yeah. My husband had an affair years ago, and you're telling me I should forgive him? You don't know what that did to me. That hurt me years ago, and you're telling me I should forgive talking about real things? Sure. My brother brought chaos into my family and into my funeral. Well, actually, my mom. But I was unsafe and insecure as a child, and I should forgive him? I should forgive my brother? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So why should we offer forgiveness to anyone who hurt us? Again, we could go through all of the topics. Y'all know what's on your heart right now. Again, I can feel it in the room. My job, I get to see what's going on in all your faces. So I need to forgive. Yes. Why? First of all is this. Here's a fun one. Unforgiveness is unforgivable. Well, what does that mean, Nick? Good. Let me give you an answer from the scripture. Unforgiveness is unforgivable. So let's care about our connection and our relationship with God first before we care about what's going on in this world, okay? Unforgiveness is unforgivable. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother? How many times shall I forgive my sister? Who sinned against me? Up to seven times? That seems reasonable. Fool me once. Fool me twice. Right? Seven times seems a lot. Up to seven times, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. What? No. That's impossible. Can I tell you something? Uh, we as believers, what Jesus is saying there is you need to be prepared to forgive. It is a preparation thing. It's not the easiest thing. You need to be prepared to forgive. I'll tell you this. Often when I know hard conversations are coming, you ever have that, like you, uh, 
you have to have a hard phone call for work and you know it's coming and you dwell on it all day and you know they're feisty and they're probably going to say something rude, be prepared beforehand to forgive. It's going to happen. The offense is going to come. Be prepared to forgive. 77 times. Then look at what Jesus says. Oh, church, I pray that you receive this, and uh, I pray that this is not condemning, but I pray that it gives you life, and it creates an urgency in you to understand how important it is for you to offer forgiveness today. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. I'm just going to read. Can I read for a little bit? This is Matthew chapter 18 for those who are taking notes. Matthew chapter 18. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Who's the king? Jesus. Yes, he is. Wanted to settle accounts with his servant. Why? Because they owed a debt. Someone say debt. <sighs> debt needed to be paid. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Church, you ever seen 10,000 bags of gold? I ain't ever seen it. That servant was not able to pay that debt. That's what he's communicating here. This is an impossible payment to make. 10,000 bags brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had had to be sold to repay the debt. Drop everything, give all of it to him. Mm. And the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. What's it say? He's patient, not as we understand patience. His words are hurting. Be patient with me, he begged. And I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. You know that we do this. Like, we're reading this story. We do this exact same thing. Think about us, okay? Found someone who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Keeps going. His fellow servant fell to his knees and did the exact same thing. Be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But what happened this time? The man refused. The man refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. How can you pay the debt when you're, you're sitting in prison? He was going to be in there forever. That's what we do with people. We put them in that prison in our heart forever church, when you hold on to unforgiveness, you hold the keys to the jail cell, and you spend your entire life watching over the prison as opposed to walking the life that God had for you. I, church, I know I'm preaching in this place. Like, I know I'm, ta I know I'm talking. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and told their master everything that had happened. Then what happened? Then the master called his servant in. You wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? How much have you been forgiven? That's the question for you and me, church. That's how much. That's how, like, think about how much you and I have been forgiven. All the sin, all the mistakes, all the mess up, all the brokenness in me. Everything that I've been forgiven for, knowing and unknowing, even acting in ignorance. How much I've been forgiven. And I hold this 100 silver coin debt over this person. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be what? Tortured. Scripture says, there will be gnashing of teeth. In a place that we don't want to go. He will be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Those 10,000 gold pieces. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you. 
unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Church, I have to preach the truth. Unforgiveness is unforgivable. Because when you actually when you actually offer forgiveness to people, it is an overflow. Forgiving others is an overflow of the one who has been forgiven. It displays that you truly understand the debt that has been canceled over your life. It displays that you truly understand the magnitude of, of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. That's the only reason that you would forgive someone who treated you inappropriately as a three-year-old. That's the only reason that you would forgive someone who stole from you and your family. You can only do that out of the overflow of someone who has been totally forgiven. And so when we don't forgive, you know what that means? That means that we do not understand what Jesus did. There's two factors between knowing and understanding. Knowing, understanding, and experience. I'm sorry, three. Knowing and understanding and, and, and experience. If you don't understand, ooh. Forgiving others is the overflow of one who has been forgiven. Second one is this. Why should we forgive? Forgiveness brings healing for all involved, church. So you have a choice to sit in your seat and stay hurting and broken and, and, and just fixating on this problem from 2004. And you can do that all the way up until 2050 when you breathe your last breath. That's your choice. Or you can bring healing today. You can find healing today. Today is a beautiful opportunity. You want proof? Look at what James says to us. We share this all the time in prayer room. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Sick not just in the body but mind too. And sin. Look at this. I love this. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Forgiveness leads to healing, church. It's right there. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You're righteous because you've been forgiven and you're forgiving others. Can I tell you, church, I'm going to be really honest. I have struggled to be powerful and effective while walking with an unforgiving heart. I can tell you that my faith walk, my journey with Christ is absolutely miserable when I fall for the bait of Satan take on this offense and, and put it in my heart and dwell on it. It kills me. It kills my preaching. It kills my personal God time. It kills my relationship with my wife and my home. It kills my relationship with my children. Literally, it is a plague that infects every part of my life. I have struggled to be powerful and effective, to live a life worthy of the calling that I've received in Christ Jesus while harboring unforgiveness. I know I'm not the only one. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. It brings about healing for people. We cover, church, we cover to restore, not expose to restore, not hate to restore. That doesn't bring restoration. Forgiveness leads to healing for all involved. Someone say bonus. Bonus, yes. Can I tell you that forgiveness is an act of the will before an act out of feelings. It is an act of the will before you feel it. So today y'all got your cards and you have to 
will it, you have to choose. I'm going to give you guys a challenge. You have to choose to write that person's name down. You have to choose to write what they did to you. And you get to choose to bless them and pray for them. It is an act of the will before the feelings. Because my, my goodness, the person that's on my mind does not deserve it. It is going to be an act of the will before it is felt. You want proof? Jesus did the same thing. Father, I'm about to go to this cross. If you can do this any other way, please make it happen. I don't want to go and be tortured and killed and, and, and shamed and scorned and insulted in front of these people for doing nothing wrong. Can you do this any other way? Talking about his will. This was not a fun feeling for Jesus. This was not like a, oh, I'm so overjoyed. No. This was totally an act of the will. Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Do you know that God will strengthen you today as you write those people down on your card? He'll strengthen you to do it. I know you're going to feel like trash. I know it's going to feel like you're exposing yourself. I know it's going to feel very difficult. It might even bring up memories. You might even start crying. You might even get really lividly angry today. But God will strengthen, I'm being serious, God will strengthen you to be able to do it. And being in anguish, he offered and he prayed more earnestly and was sweating like drops of blood falling to the ground. Sometimes that's how hard it is to act and do his commands. To live what he called you to do. It's going to hurt. But it's going to bring about healing. I love today. Forgiveness is a command that brings healing to our heart. So here's what we're going to do. Can you, can you put this challenge up there, Mark? Yep. The challenge today is that we're going to offer forgiveness. We're going to offer forgiveness. And so y'all may be seated. If you, call, if you can all get your cards out. Lisa, where are you at, Lisa? Can you get a bucket for me, please, and bring it up to the front? We're going to put some stuff and lay it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to get a bucket and lay it down. Um. Can I share some scriptures with you? Here's part of the challenge. When you stand praying, as you go through this moment, as you come to church, as you worship God with everything you've got, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So as we do this church thing, forgiveness has to be a part of this. Amen, church? Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Forgive them. When you stand praying, we're going to jump into a moment where we can just kind of rest in his goodness and, and pray and be raw and real before one another. I believe he's going to forgive us. Amen, church? Look at what he also says. First Peter says it like this in chapter 3. Do not repay evil for evil. I, I am a victim of that. I want this up here. I'm a victim of that. Reviling for reviling. I've done that. But on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. It will bless you actually to bless those who are against you. So here's the challenge. You can put this up on the screen, Mark. Thank you. On this paper. Before you even start, uh, we're going to lower the lights. So can you, can you do that cue, Mark? Yep. Can you turn off the lights? This is between you and God. This is between you and God. And you have your moment. Turn off the house lights too. Yep. You have your moment. 
And uh, I'm sorry, Joe, I'm telling you what to do. Can you turn the music up a little bit so that way people can just have some privacy? Yep. So you have a challenge. You can write their name, write what they did, and write a blessing and a prayer for them. And uh, <laughs> I, want you, I want you to know that you will get out of this what you put into it. And it's going to really hurt, and it's going to bring up some stuff. But I know that through the Holy Spirit, there's going to be healing in this place. Amen, church. Amen, church. I know this isn't the most exciting thing to do. And when, uh, so also, please don't put your name on the card. Just keep it anonymous. And when you're done writing, lay it down and put it in this bucket, and we're going to pray over this. <laughs> 